Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu on the home of the Afropolitan. It's now our Money Lessons feature and our guest this evening is Dr. Lerato Masamola, also known as the Do- uh, Dr. Yummy Mummy. She's a GP and aesthetics doctor. Now, Masamola works at Athari Health Excellence. It's a family medical practice that cares about your health and more importantly about you. They see everyone from babies to wise and golden seniors. I like that. They're also offering the latest techniques and procedures within the aesthetics industry. Now, tonight we want Want to know more, especially about Dr. Yummy Mummy. A very good evening to you, Larato. Thanks so much for joining me. Hi, thanks for having me. Okay, so I often listen to you on Dr. Cindy's show, uh, but tonight we're talking more about you and your finances and hearing all about your money. And, you know, we, we mustn't take it for granted that doctors are always in the money. I know, you know, I come from an Indian community and parents always say it's either you become a doctor or a lawyer because that's where the money is. Is it true? Um, I mean, are you always sitting in the dough? Not at all. And um, we often say this amongst ourselves that people just automatically think that when you get your MBCHB, it comes like with doughs and dollars and mm. you know, rands and dollars per thing. It's not like that. And in fact, I think the earning potential puts us in the profession on a back footing because we fall for the financial people because they can see the earning potential they already loaded with debt the minute you leave med school. Like I fell for that. So the potential to have money gives you the sense of I can always work and make it. And therefore debt is like a, a trap. You know, it's an easy trap for us. They, they they give us money for cars and credit cards immediately as you sign your, they, they hand you over your degree certificate. You get people filling out that saying, you know, you can get the golf, GTI latest, whatever. Mm. And yeah, you can qualify for so many thousands of rents and credit cards because they know you're going to work and you're going to make money. And if you think you're going to pay a little bit by little bit, it's fine. But then you don't think ahead. You're 20 something years old, you're high, <laughs> you know, on your doctor title. And your earning potential, and you, you know, you can get easily trapped in that kind of stuff. So, no, we're not born, we're not made, we don't come out of med school with dough. And to make a lot of money in medicine requires a lot of hard work, also. It's not easy money. It's also, a, people, I mean, it's, people think. it's also a long degree. I mean, it takes you a it long is. time to study. It's more than the average. It's, what is it? Lot, seven? Yeah, it's a lot of hard work. There's actually a much easier way to make money quickly. This, this mm-hmm. profession is not about quick money. It's, it's passion, it's, dri- it's drive, it's, it's the love for the profession and love for people um, that will take you far. So there is potential to make lots of money, but, you know, it's, lot of, it's, a, it's a long time before you get there. It's like everyone else is seeing the potential in you and you just need yeah. to work to pay off, you know, the debts, as you say. I mean, it's like a trap. Yeah. It is a trap, literally. Like we saw insurance people... When we were in sixth year already, before we even finished our degree, they were coming to see us, talk to us about financial planning. But half the time, they're sending, they're sending me stuff that you don't even need at the time, like um, big investments. We don't even have, some of us didn't have kids. Most of us didn't. We like came out of, you know, med school, single, um, looking forward to making your life. And you already have this debt on your back. You're already paying off your car because, you know, they just gave it to you. The bank automatically approved simply because you're a doctor. So what do you do then? I mean, how long? Um, tell me about you. I mean, when, when you finished med school and you had mm-hmm. all of this debt, how long did it take you before you cleared it? Or did you even clear it? 
I did. So my, my primary debt in the school was um, a student loan, which was part for tuition, but also there was a bit of change. So I did get a car because I needed one at the time. I was, I was staying off campus and I drove this car for a while after finishing grade school. So it wasn't like a bad purchase as such, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I paid that off. I think by my community service year, I had paid that off. So two years into working, I, I squashed that debt. But uh, I had, by then, accumulated more debt, like credit card debt. And the most stupidest debt was the clothing account. Oh, my gosh. Because, I mean, mm. as an intern, I earned 5000 rand per month. Those are know, the biggest checks. Working the hours that I did, I worked out, I earned 5000 rand a month. That was with overtime. Like, my net was like 5500 something rand. You know, and so it was not easy to actually live on that alone, you know? So I did get, you know, your typical store cards. Mm. And because, like I said, you have only put, you know, next year you're going to earn more. So you take the date and you pay 200 rands per month, you know, that the minimum requirement. You know, 23, naive, no financial, um, what, teaching or guidance no background from parents teaching me anything yeah. or having a mentor or even med school teaching me anything about my finances for that matter. You know, you spend six years there. There isn't like a module for six months on finances. They rather give you like a year on English, you know, which is not like <laughs> the most important thing ever. You know, like I was thinking like in first year or second year, they must include something like financial management. Yeah. I but always, you know, I always lobby for this, that we should have it even in uh, primary school and high school. Yes. Uh, it should be yeah. mandatory that we understand and learn about personal finance. So we learn yeah. how to manage our money. Um, then from there, I mean, and store cards are such a trap because you end up having so many different store cards. It's lovely yes. to buy all yes. the nice yeah. things. And then at the mm. end of the month, you're paying five or six store cards and then there's nothing left in the kitty. Exactly. You, you, so you have six store cards and each is like 200 rand here, 300 there, 1,000 rand here. And before you know it, half your salary is taken by paying those things. And you must go put petrol in your car, you must go buy groceries, etc. And you buy some stuff for mom or dad at home or whatever. So then I eventually, like, I think the light eventually came on when I had my first child and I had a lot of debt. And kids are expensive. That's when I worked to, and my, my child came in 2006 towards the end of the year. I had already been working as a doctor for like four years. So then I had to make mature decisions. I couldn't just. But I mean, even at that time, there was still a lot of impulsive splurging because I was just used to that kind of life where you can mm-hmm. just buy, buy, buy. So it had been, a, you know, a, a journey to get to where now I feel like I'm more in control of my self and my habits and therefore in control of my money. You know, there there is an intentional effort to save, intentional effort to not just save, but also invest to grow the money. And money must go where I plan for it to go, not just money comes in and then proof is gone without a plan. You know, kids are so expensive, but, you know, when you have children, then it's like five flashlights on you and then you just need to grow up really fast because exactly. it's not just about exactly. you. It's about feeding this child, clothing this child, education, education, this child. How did, how, I mean, you know, how much more did that add onto your financial burden? And I'm it saying a burden a just on financial. Yeah. yeah, it was a lot of pressure. Hence, I said, at that moment, I just sit myself down and have a big girl talk, you know? Say, you know what? It, 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 it doesn't help 
you want to look flashy and live the I'm a doctor lifestyle when you don't have the money in the bank account. I was working for the government. Um, the salary wasn't the greatest. The earning potential is capped. You know, you, you, you are a medical officer on this level and that's how much you earn. That's how much you earn for your basic and your, and your overtime. There isn't much more. You literally can't make more money by working more hours in government. You know? So I had to say, this is how much I earn. This is how much my date is. This is the smallest one. And I chopped them like that until everything was gone except for the big ones being in the car in the house um, at the time. And then so I could free up more money. So it was a little bit difficult in the beginning, you know, having to sometimes borrow from the credit card to pay off that until, you know, I found a rhythm that worked for me. Mm. But just having a child there, I, I, I knew I had to change something about me and my spending habits. Otherwise, I was going to find myself in an emergency situation where I'm jeopardizing or putting a child in a space where I can provide because it was an emergency financial situation and my money's gone or I don't have money to cover that. And I didn't ever want to fall short of medical um, expenses because, you know, medical aid doesn't cover everything. Or, you know, there's something major happens and you just don't have that. And I just felt that my child needed to be secure. You know, so it had, it had to happen. So I think mm. having the child made me grow up. <laughs> yeah. You know, raising, raising my child raised me up. Yeah. Huh. You know, we have this thing, you know, amongst the girls, we say, put on your big girl panties. You yeah. can't afford to buy them nice, luxury, beautiful yeah. lingerie. You'll have to just wait until, uh, you know, some money comes in. But, mm. you know, I'm still stuck on the fact that you know, when you become a medical professional while you're still in university, people are selling you all sorts of products, um, giving mm. you extra money. I mean, you know, you think about it. We just spoke about medical aids as well. There is a medical aid that's, you know, uh, that's focused purely on professionals. I mean, you get so many different things, but it comes at a cost uh, when you're a professional. I want to, mm. I mean, tell me about how you managing during covid Oh, wow. So I had a double whammy this year. It was COVID and I had just prior to lockdown been in an accident that made me not, you know, not be able to work. Right. Mm -hmm. So, and then COVID happened, which meant the lockdown came and then also paranoia about going to see the doctor for other things other than COVID. So income took a dip, um, but luckily I have been practicing now for a, um, solo practice for eight years, but I've been a doctor for the past 18 you know, years. So I have, you know, with, with, in the business, I have always made um, money available or saved money for contingencies. So I was able to meet overhead because even though I had, inc- I had income protection, that stuff, it's forms, it's this, it takes a while to kick in. It's not like you apply today, yeah. day, tomorrow. Um, so I need to dip into the savings to make sure the business keeps running. Um, it there was a huge knock in the first, I'll say, six weeks for that hard lockdown and moving into level four because not only was I also not available the whole day because I had to go to doctor's um, appointments and studios and OTs and all that stuff, the patients just weren't coming. You know, people would call and say, I need my, my, my DP mates. I'm like, but I haven't seen you for a year. I don't know if your DP is still okay. I'm not coming to the practice because, oh my gosh, COVID. Mm. You know, and so we had a lot of that where people would rather stay home and suffer even, even for like minor things to come in and check because the, so the income was affected basically when you say that. And I wasn't working for eight weeks of that first lockdown, you know, so it was, it was very, very difficult. But like I said, I had savings. 
Yeah. Because in the last ages of practice, I made sure that should there be an emergency, I didn't even know that it would be, it would look like this, that I, I can pay rent, I can pay salaries. And fortunately, I never had to chop any salary for my, for my employees because I understand that their lives must continue also. So I just, I, 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 I managed to cover all of that. I, I, I bought a brand of that for the practice so it can continue running as easily as possible. We underestimate how important doctors are, but we also need to understand as a professional, you are you are basically drawing in the money. You yes. are making the money. Yes. So if you are not there physically, then there is no Thank money. You. So it's mm-hmm. it, being a professional is different from uh, necessarily running a business. Mm-hmm. Um, so Definitely. like you say, there was no money. So you, you, you say that your savings actually helped you through this time. I mean, you know, I always bang on about savings and how important it is and saving for a rainy day. You just need, you never know when something's going to come up. I mean, do you think that was it? I mean, your discipline in terms of paying off the debt and saving that pulled you through this time? Yeah, there's a huge responsibility in, you know, hiring people, people working for you, you know, so you need to make sure that their salary is always guaranteed. So I never wanted to, to, to have an emergency where now I can't pay salaries, you know. So that's why the savings was there for the, the minute I started breaking even and being able to pay myself, I made sure that the minute I could pay myself, I started saving for the business, you know, in a money market account um, so that I could restore when I needed to, should I not be able to work for whatever reason and the insurance money only kicks in later. Because when I'm not there, the locum doctor says then, but you know, patients get attached to their doctors, me. So when I'm not there, some patients won't come. They want to stay home for two weeks, suffering in pain because they want to see Lerato and not the doctor that's in. So that when, when somebody's standing in for me, there's always an income dip. So I always make sure that I can cover those things. So I, I never wanted my employees to be in a space where I'm like, we're waiting for UIF to pay out. <laughs> you know, and, and I don't know what to give you this month. Hence the savings. I mean, you're a doctor. I mean, how important mm. is this for your psyche? For, you know, because we, we know that financial stress is one of the leading causes of depression um, in South mm. Africa. Um, how important is it for you to have all your ducks in a row, to have savings, to be able to cope um, during the tough times, to be able to take care of your children? I mean, how important mm. is that for you? It's extremely important. Like I said, the responsibility to pay people's salaries and they, in turn, their salaries go to their families or whatever their needs are. I don't want to have to say somebody and say, I can't pay you because I was irresponsible with money. Um, or I didn't make the right money decisions in time. Um, and not just the employees at, at, at work, my kids, you know, I don't want my kids' lifestyle to be affected adversely because of poor money decisions. Mm-hmm. Not because it, it, it's something that's um, unavoidable, but purely because I couldn't, I didn't take steps, you know, in time to 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 uh, to to be able to secure their lifestyle in the future. You know, so we can't always predict what's going to happen in the future. But I mean, I can't be irresponsible and say, yeah, life's unpredictable, and just you know, leave it to chance. <laughs> you know, I have to do the right thing and not just be irresponsible and, and impulsive. There has to be. Um, money that goes towards contingencies. And while I'm maintaining my own, the kind of lifestyle that I want, though, I mean, I, I don't not do stuff. I like to travel. I like 
nice things. I like, oh, just buy this. I still make money and budget for that apart from the primary stuff that need to, you know, the major stuff, the business stage in the house. Yeah, I think that, you know, it's so important to understand that when you are spending money that is not on credit, it makes a huge difference to your life. Dr. Lorato Masamola, I love chatting to you. Thank you so much for your time this evening and wishing you all the luck. And I hope uh, you, uh, you know, uh, I wish you a full recovery after your accident. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your time this evening. That wraps up our show for this evening. I hope you enjoyed it. I'll be back again next week at 8 p.m. next week, Tuesday, My Money and Me. My Money and Me with Sumitra Naidu every Tuesday from 8 to 9 p.m. Kaya FM, home of the Afropolitan. Rewinding. Rewinding Kaya FM on FM Rewind. Visit kayafm.co.za for more.